On this week's episode, our snubs and surprises for the Golden Globe nominations. What is Electronic Arts up to these days? And what are we looking forward to at the Super Bowl? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is truly appreciated. I also want to give a big shout out to everyone who has been checking us out in the past couple of days. We've had two of our highest download days of the year so far. So I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day to go ahead and check us out at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my first good friend. Check him out today. He is Castle FPV on the Twitter and Instagram. You got to check him out today there. Check all what he's doing in social media. He said he was thinking about doing some more live tweets for some shows I hear, including WandaVision possibly. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we were talking about doing some other things as well in pop culture. It is a good man indeed. It is my regular co-host for the Friday show. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, we've got a special treat for everyone today as well. We do. We've got a crossover episode. One of my favorite things that we do. We got a little bit of Joshua Wall Street here. He's going to give us the updates on the GME situation and let us know how the two of us missed out while he cashed in. That's right. That sounds good indeed. It is my good friend. You got to catch him today at Humanican Media. Also, his great podcast, the Super BS Games Cast, and also Topic Ocalypse. Plus, get his book today, Congratulations, You Suck, which is now available at Amazon and Barnes Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh of Wall Street, a.k.a. Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Hey, hey. Okay, so can we just appreciate for a second? Did you guys get a chance to see the new Mighty Ducks trailer? No, I haven't yet. Oh, my yes, God. All right. Can we ponder the implications of a connected universe between Letterkenny and Mighty Ducks? Let me go down the rabbit hole for you for a minute. Ooh. Riley, the dumb hockey player from Letterkenny, right so he is the coach of the ducks in the mighty ducks show okay but he's... emilio estevez no he's not emilio estevez he is just he's riley i don't i can't remember what his last name uh, is. dylan playfair yeah and he's because so what was emilio estevez i forget the movie he's the, coach. he's the coach of a new he's not the coach he's he's associated with this new team that's happening okay because he's the maintenance guy there at the at the ice rink yeah, yeah. As, as yeah. it looks like and uh, he gets off he gets off the zamboni and all that yeah and lauren graham the lady from gilmore girls right she's the coach so riley his last name in the mighty ducks show is coach riley's he's the son of the coach from the first movie 
And so now everyone's saying that since he's he's Riley and Letterkenny and Riley and the Ducks that these universes are connected. And I don't know if that's true, but like I am intrigued by the possibility of it. He's also the son of the assistant coach on the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So interesting world we live in. Interesting world indeed, but that is something that I did catch. And I was going to actually talk to you about that on Sunday, but I know we had technical issues, so we couldn't do that. But I'm glad to see that you have this fondness once again, because you, you were kind of on the fence with that, with the Mighty Ducks, and you weren't sure if he was going to relive that nostalgia for you because yeah. you've always spoken so highly of the Mighty Ducks. I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to like it, enjoy it, or just say, you know what, it's something I can afford to miss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited now. I thought that Bombay was going to be like jerk in this. You know, I thought he was going to like the fame had gone to his head like in D2, but it turns out that I got that wrong. So now I'm kind of excited again. So we'll see. But it is going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about a lot of great subjects. There's really no other guests, although at the first break, I'm going to go ahead and pop in a little bit of a commercial for our Super Bowl picks because I did have a conversation this week as part of Inside Sports Fantasy Football with Chris and Dom Lardieri from Domination Sports Nation. So I'll throw a little bit of that in there. But it's just going to be all us on this episode of the PCC Multiverse. We're going to have a lot to talk about. So here we go. It's going to start off with josh's thoughts and what happened as far as a follow-up with this gamestop stock situation a little bit of follow-up on wandavision and where it goes next for episode five we're also going to be talking about goldeneye 007 the n64 remake that was actually going to be put on the xbox 360 that never got out into the wild because of rights issues at the last second they kind of canceled it but the source code has just been released this week I want to hear these guys' thoughts on possibly going and delving back into the world of GoldenEye. Speaking of something that's relating to video games, Electronic Arts had a ton of information, including the official release date for the... Well, actually, in these days, it's the kind of official release date. Put that in pencil. For the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So we'll talk about that their purchase of Codemasters, their return to college football, and of course, Star Wars games. We're going to be talking about that for EA coming up here in a bit. Plus, we'll also be talking about Sony, PlayStation's early success in this generation, the Golden Globes, just a couple of the either surprises or snubs, something that stuck out to us. I'll actually be talking about later in the program about these right here. These are the Aftershocks OpenCom headsets. I'll tell you whether or not it's something you might be interested in, or might not be the exact fit you might need for your headset. And then also, what ads are we waiting to see this weekend at the Super Bowl? But guys, first off, it is a conversation that you and I were going to have. In fact, we kind of did have it before technical gremlins came along and all that. But Josh O. Wall Street, I want to hear your thoughts on the GameStop situation that Marcus and I touched on last week. We were pretty much ahead of the game from any other of these podcasts or whatnot. And I appreciate Marcus's input on that. But Josh, I want to hear your thoughts. You are actually an official GameStop stock investor and you experienced this from the get-go. So I want to hear your thoughts on your time and experience being a stock investor with GameStop. So it's funny that so much information about all this and so much has happened between now and when I originally wanted to talk about this. You know, I was listening to you guys talk about this on the, the last episode, talking about the short sellers and pondering who's the bad guy in this scenario. And, 
you know, I'm looking at it from this perspective. I think that both sides are equally to blame for what happened. You know, you got the hedge funds on one side and you got the Reddit investors on the other side going to war with this group. But now, like, I'm, I keep seeing all these things. And I don't know how much of this is true coming out of the media, but people are talking about how, you know, the hedge funds, like, there were still hedge funds that profited off of the Reddit investment. So I, I don't really know what I think anymore. I do have a share of GameStop. I had two shares and I sold one of them. And the other one that I kept thinking that it was going to, because everyone kept talking about this, like this short squeeze, right? The short squeeze, the stock's dipping, but it's going to shoot back up here soon. And so it's like, all right, I'll, I'll stay in. And that was when it was valued at, it was valued around 250, I want to say. And now it's valued at about almost $40. So, you know, and as I'm like cruising through Reddit today, everyone's now slow. They used to be like, hold the line, hold the line, diamond hands, diamond hands. And now it's saying, okay, well, maybe this thing's not going to happen. You know, that seems to be the, the consensus moving forward here. Wall so. Street Bets was mad. They were, they, that Reddit group was mad as soon as it went under 100. Yeah. yeah. Uh, DFV, I'm not going to say his actual you know, full yeah. username. Yeah. I mean, that dude posted a screenshot today. I think he's, he had a call in for $12 stock price April 21st or April 12th or something. It's obvious that, you know, this stock's going to keep going down and Wall Street Bets is already uh, coming to terms with that. But yeah. Josh, yes, you did profit overall. At the end of the day, you did make a little bit of money on it, correct? I did. Yeah, I, I, I did make a little bit of money off of it. You know, and th it, that's cool. I just like I wish in hindsight that, you know, back in what was in April is I think stock prices were sitting at like what? Three dollars. Three dollars. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. wish I would have had the hindsight to like profit off of it then. But you and I both. You and I both. Seriously. Especially when he hit, well, you said Marcus, the high was like in the 450 range. I think you said last yeah, week. Yeah, I think it hit like 463 at one point, maybe. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Like, so let me ask you guys this question, though. Do you think that had Robinhood and all these other investment companies not blocked trading of GameStop, do you think that it could have reached $1,000? I think it could have been in the six to seven hundred range I'm with Jared. but i don't think it would have reached the thousand dollars i think at some point in time there would have been a limit mm -hmm. you know as far as how how far that could go but my issue wasn't that you prospering off it and other small investors in fact i applaud you and any other investors so i want to get that clear i'm not sure like because you said you weren't very clear on my position on it i actually am very happy for you and any of the small investors that were able to get away with it, and even the investment firms that made several hundred million dollars off of it. I mean, that's just, right. it was there. It's, you know, right now it's under legal terms to do yep. and nothing was wrong with it. You did it, you jumped on it and there you go, more power to you. I was just concerned about the company because nobody, literally nobody was talking about the company itself and their future. Marcus was one of the first few people to talk actually why this has got started with the ball rolling with the Chewy COO coming over. But really, nobody was talking about the company itself because a year down the line, Josh and Marcus, there could be a real possibility of GameStop not being in business. Simple as that. It and, could, and, but it yeah. also could shift to a different business model, right? Like, and that's something I talked about last week is they could just go entirely online. I understand that they've got a lot of retail establishments and I would hate to see those go under because they've got a lot of great employees. But I mean, if they could shift their business model to being more of that Amazon style where you're totally online, you're shipping packages out to your customer base, I think they're going to be doing great a year from now if they're moving that direction. That's what I was really trying to get at, Josh. It wasn't about you or any other small investors 
outgunning the big guy. Because you know what? The big guy, as soon as they were short selling and counting on the company's continual demise, hey, that's what you get for playing with fire. You got burned. And I don't feel any guilt or sorrow for them. I'm just, again, you know, we, you and I have, especially you and I, have really been hard on GameStop over the years as far as their selling practices, as far as they're forcing stuff on you. What's the meme out there this week, you know, that people are so laughing at it because they're talking about GameStop because of the way that oh, it was $3 a share, but also that's how much trade credit you used to get for 25 <laughs> games. So, you know, I, I saw that meme out there. I thought that was hilarious. But I'm just saying this is a company, though, with thousands of employees. That's what I am worried about the most. I mean, and we pick on them all we do and all we have and their management style and the way they've run things over the past few years. And they've lost hundreds of million dollars. There's still employees that need jobs in a pandemic. And that, to me, is what I'm concerned about the most. Right, right. And I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And the funny thing is that it was it was like a, a couple of days ago and the CEO or former founder of GameStop, someone related to GameStop finally spoke out about what was going on. Other than that, like the company had been completely silent on everything. I mean, because it doesn't really help them on a day to day basis. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they were actually, you know, invested as far as that's concerned. I mean, that was something for them to talk about and obviously cash in on if they were employees that had stock purchase and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But how does it help the company itself? It's had a lot of good publicity. That's for sure. So I just I don't know how much that carried over to store profits. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it carried over to store profits at all. But if you know, I've been watching Wall Street bets for the last two or three weeks now. And, you know, the, the one thing I did see, though, was there were users in Wall Street Bets posting about how they were going to GameStop locations and giving those retail employees money or gifts of any sort, bringing them food. So, I mean, like yeah. there was some appreciation there for those retail employees. Obviously, they weren't getting rich like everybody else. But I mean, there was some thanks and there was something happening there. I, I don't think it was enough, but especially when people are paying off all their student loans. And I'm sure there's somebody at GameStop trying to work to pay off their student loans right now. Yeah. So. A couple of people went out and bought like consoles from GameStop and donated them to children's hospitals. So that I was did. Cool yeah. Yeah. yeah that and that's awesome. good to hear. But, you know, just the overall health of the company, that's all I was worried about. More props to the small investors such as yourself that did profit off it at the end of the day. And I'm very thankful for that or anybody that did profit off it. More power to you from what I'm understanding and what I'm seeing, and what I'm reading and what I'm out there trying to survey that this was all legal. This was just something that Wall Street wasn't prepared for. And I think that's what has gotten over the most is that Wall Street was not prepared for this type of artificial surge of this one stock. And they're, I guess, trying to say, you know what, this is a green light for them to go ahead and start doing this again and again and again with AMC, Bed Bath and Beyond and the whole nine yards that they're trying to do. But this is a concern to me that these artificial stock prices don't actually help the company itself. That was my only thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. You know, related to this, so did you happen to catch the, uh, there's now this, uh, as, as far as like Wall Street Bets is concerned, you know, I've been following, you know, the Reddit page too, and there's a bunch of infighting in there now because the original founder of the page sold his story to Brett Ratner's production company. There's Dude, two how, in development. Oh, yeah, that's Netflix amazing. One and, and yeah, there's two, and two there's movies in Net development over this. Netflix and the uh, Rat Pack companies mm -hmm. making them. And, but now like the moderators are saying that like they feel like they've been robbed because they've been a part of this thing for just as long as this guy has. Because the guy that who sold his story, he was removed from the... He's like a shadow mod, right? His 
privileges were revoked, I think, like six months ago, the, the articles were all saying. So it's very interesting to see that, like, this group now, you know, that had humble beginnings is now kind of fighting within itself. And there's a bunch of new, like, if you notice on Reddit, there's a bunch of new, like, Wall Street bets new, Wall Street bets real, Wall Street bets, all these other Wall Street bets groups popping up now. There's a part of me that is thinking, like, why wouldn't the hedge funds kind of go after Wall Street bets and start creating this infighting and division within the entire subreddit so that you could have something like this to fracture the entire group mm -hmm. and uh, make their purchasing power uh, a tenth of what it was, right? Because if, if you break it up into 10 subreddits or five subreddits, you know, like all of a sudden you're just going to tank oh. the numbers that we're buying in masses. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but have you seen that like all the, the media is now printing Wall Street bets now going after silver, going after silver. There's this article. What was with that? I didn't everywhere. understand this. Yeah. They, it felt weird to me because nobody in any of these threads was talking about silver. I didn't see any of that. And it felt like it was a manufactured storyline. I'm oh, with you there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because silver, I don't know if you saw the silver stocks, but they, they did rise up. I think I want to say about like 12%, but I don't think they like really hit anything astounding. Well, I'm just going to say this. When it concerns, you know, the, the infighting in regards to the movie rights and movie things of that nature. I mean, this is all based off of capitalism when it concerns Wall yeah. Street. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you really can't be bad about someone trying to go ahead and double down and make more money off this. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's really yeah. hard to go ahead and say, you know what? I don't appreciate you going ahead and making more money about us making money. Yeah, so that's yeah. That, that's like kind of a hypocritical stance to go off on. Yeah, yeah, it, it was weird. I mean, Gerald, I, I watched it was last night. I think the plea post went up from the mid-level mods. What would you call them, Josh? I mean, like it was weird to kind of read that post and find out that the interim mods, while there's a shadow mod group, that, yeah, all the board of directors or something. Yeah, and they they have their own private thread called like Wall Street Bet Tests, and like that's where all of them gather, and you you can't get into that without being invited. So it's. It's, it's weird. It's a weird, it's weird. Yeah. Well, it is uh, something that is still not ending, although it's actually getting closer to the end of the tunnel when it comes to what's going on with this GameStop stock. Could it rise again? Could there be another stock that sees this kind of meteoric rise that captures the nation, captures the world, captures Wall Street and the financial markets, captures all that attention out there? So we'll wait and see. And if it's something pop culture related, we'll again report it to you right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But we want to hear your thoughts on the GameStop stock situation. Are you happy like we are that Josh was able to go ahead and stick his hand in the cookie jar on this occasion and go ahead and come out with some nice chocolate chip cookies? Are you happy for all the small investors that did profit off this? And where is your stance on this GameStop stock situation? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up right after the break, we're going to be talking about a lot of other great things. But first, I wanted to go ahead and give you a little bit of a quick bite of Chris and Dom Lardieri from Domination Sports Nation talking with me about this weekend's Super Bowl. And you can catch the entire episode right now on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with more right here at the PCC Multiverse. So I want to hear your thoughts on if there's any specific offensive matchup that you think Kansas City is going to target first and foremost. Should they start with more running game or are they going to just go ahead and go right at them with that great set of white receivers that they have as well? I think they'll go at them. And the reason I say that is because it worked the first time around. Tyreek Hill had something ridiculous, like close to 200 yards in the first half. And 
a slew of touchdowns and I think they're going to see, well, we know this can work. We know there's vulnerabilities in the Bucks secondary and, you know, with Mahomes, even with the issues the Chiefs have on the OL, he's so mobile and so quick that it's, it almost reminds me of back in the day, like a Dan Marino where, yeah, you could rush him, but he just gets rid of the ball so quickly or in Mahomes case can move out of the pocket that it becomes a non-issue. So I think that's how they'll start. Even if the Chiefs get down early, I have a faith in them to come back and win like they did against Buffalo. Went down 9 to nothing, had a bad start, and then they went out. And next thing you know, in a snap, it was 21-9. to Guys, there's still so much to talk about on today's program. I think instead of the GoldenEye 007 remaster talk, we'll save that for a few minutes later. But right now, we're going to go ahead and hit up EA. Speaking of stocks, because, you know, you got to go ahead and the fiscal year and you make those announcements some very interesting things came out of it of course first and foremost for all of us i'm assuming and for me as you can see behind me all the love i've had for mass effect the mass effect legendary edition has finally got a street date which again you should put in pencil with a nice big eraser just in case it is coming out may 14th so you want to go ahead and you can pre-order it right now it is coming out may 14th they did also go ahead and show off to the press some things that they're talking about, some of the things that's not going to be in there, some of the things that they didn't do, some of the things that they did. Marcus, did you get a chance? Because I know you're interested in the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Did you get a chance to hear more about the press briefing? It's going to include almost every DLC. It's not going to include the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer because they said it'd be too much work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one... DLC, Pinnacle Station, that is not going to be included because the source code was corrupted at both EA, BioWare, and I think the company that originally did it, the development studio that did it. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some improvements to the Mako. There are going to be improvements on Mass Effect 1 is where they're going to focus on primarily the elevators you're not going to go up for 10 minutes seemingly you're, it's only going to you although you do have that option if you want to go ahead and play it like that but there is going to be like a short 10 15 second loading time is what's been talked about but it isn't going to be a remake it's going to be more of a remaster it's going to be upscaled to i think 4k 60 frames per second it is going to be something that is going to be set for the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, but you can play it backwards compatible on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, but it's not going to have its own version. So what are your thoughts on some of the things I talked about, some of the things that you thought was interesting about the Mass Effect Legendary Edition being more of a remaster instead of a remake? You know, I'm okay with the remaster here. Correct me if I'm wrong. They've already announced that they've got another game after this that they're getting ready to release. New IP. Oh yeah, they're dra yeah. it's going to be Dragon Age. Dragon Age, the sequel, and then also after that, they're working on the next Mass Effect. After that. Yeah. So I mean, this to me felt like a setup. You know, let's let's remaster Mass Effect. Let's come after. This, this is a money grab. This is yeah. a money grab. This is something they're not spending a whole lot of time or resources on. They just want a quick money grab. I'm yeah, okay I, with that in this situation. But but it, it might be more than a money grab, though. That's what I, I would like to point out here is this might be getting a user base reinvigorated in your intellectual property here. You know, this is one of those things. Yeah, look at you, Gerald. I mean, like we just did a nine-hour stream of a Mass Effect tabletop RPG here on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. What does that yep. tell you? Look, the user base is there, the fan base is there, but I think if you can get the video game fan base back on board and just by giving them a remastered property and not just one remastered property, 
they're getting everything it feels like here we've got the one corrupted game file here that we're not going to be including but we're going to keep going and this is something that's going to be great for the franchise moving forward this is going to provide a lot of capital and it's going to be not just actual money capital but goodwill capital and financial incentive capital yeah investor capital you know the, it's that money making ability that people look at and say oh look at how much money the uh, legendary edition made oh i bet we're gonna bet on this one it's gonna be a great franchise let's put a little bit more money into this one let's go absolutely now they didn't say that they wouldn't rule out a switch version but it is not coming up on may 14th that's what they told switch owners but they didn't say not to ever expect it. So switch owners, you may get a, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition down the line. Josh, Wall Street, I wanted to ask you, now that you're caught up a little bit more on the press briefing for Mass Effect Legendary Edition, what are some of your thoughts, my friend? I just want to say that the wrinkles on Shepard's forehead, just, I can feel him brooding through that. <laughs> <laughs> And I am now like I'm sold. The wrinkles, like yeah, I just seeing the facial expression. Okay, so on a on a real note though, like Shepard's face in the first like three Mass Effect games were very frozen, you know, and it felt slightly terrifying when you looked at him. But now, much like the standee, yeah, behind me. But he, yeah, I was gonna say he kind of looked like a frozen um, mannequin almost at times. He did, just and, like the standee behind me. Yes. Yeah. yes. And I don't know, like when they showed his teeth, like it gave me nightmares, but now like he actually looks like a person and I, I can appreciate that going on to the game itself. I absolutely like, you know, you guys were talking about investors and all that stuff. Like I, I absolutely believe that if they're going to launch another Mass Effect property, like this is the right way to start that off. Right. Because they're remastering the games, giving people an excuse to go back to the universe that made them love that franchise and it really gives them a good opportunity to wash the bad taste of Andromeda out of their mouth. I'm one of the few people yeah. that did enjoy my time with Andromeda. It wasn't great. You know, it had a lot of issues, obviously, but I played it to completion. And it, well, not my favorite game. I didn't hate it, but it was not Mass Effect 1 through 3 by any stretch of the imagination. So if they can reinvigorate an interest in this, and then who knows, maybe if they could throw in a surprise ending that could tie this game into what's happening next. I definitely think that, you know, assuming that EA doesn't really screw this thing up again, they could have a really successful Mass Effect franchise moving forward. I think a lot of pressure is on BioWare this time around because this is something that, yeah, they're not putting a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of resources, a whole bunch of time, a whole bunch of manpower into, but they want to go ahead and at least show off the game to a new audience, not only to us that have played it, already but they want to go ahead like you said in order to have the new mass effect become a success they want to go ahead and show this off to a new audience and they've got to go ahead and for a lot of people this is going to be their first impression of the series and it's going to have to be a good one at that i'm really excited about this one this is going to be a really fun release to watch and see how the fan base reacts just because it will be a violent reaction if it's not good. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Honestly, this could be the nail, even with a new Dragon Age coming out, like if this is not good, if this is not pleasing to the fan base, it could very well be like that last nail in the coffin. Yes. And once again, EA will win the most hated company of the year. But well, they'll they'll turn it around with EA College Football. Well, yeah, and that's something I want to get into right now because some of the other things that they announced was they're going to return to college football. 
They also mentioned that Star Wars games, because we have talked about their Star Wars games being hit and miss. Well, I guess combined collectively between Squadrons, Jedi Fallen Order, and the Battlefront series, and, and anything else that they've done in regards to that, they've managed to sell over 52 million copies during their current deal. So they are going to delve more into the Star Wars universe. They pretty much confirmed that. So your thoughts on that, plus also as well, before we head on out to the half hour break, I'm going to start with you, Josh. want to go ahead and ask you real quick, also touching not only on the Star Wars, but their Codemasters purchase. Codemasters is one of the premier studios out there because they are the masters behind all those driving games. In fact, you look right behind me, you see Dirt. That was one of their famous series that they have, Grid and so many other games, the F1 series, on and on and on. Your thoughts on the Codemasters, the Star Wars game? In fact, overall, what were your impressions on what EA announced this week? I mean, they didn't announce a Job of the Hutt origin game, so I don't know how pleased I was about that. <laughs> um, in, in regards to like dirt and F1, it got Even though basically the grid, anything that's done outside yeah. of what you see with yeah. Forza Horizon series, Project Cars, Grid, Dirt, F1 series, that's all Codemasters, and that's something that EA now has. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my first thought there was a new pod racing game, which would be really cool. Other than that, like, I was really hoping to see like some stuff regarding Jedi Fallen Order that did not happen the best news that came out of star wars gaming in the past couple weeks is the fact that like they are no longer just solely being developed by ea you know i'm I'm glad ea still like yep jedi fallen order was an excellent game like that was them turning the ship around in my opinion and that had a narrative in it that actually made me interested in star wars again what i'm really excited about is to see what some of these other studios can do with a property like star wars especially thinking about like ubisoft right they have that big open world Star Wars game coming out. And if anyone is equipped to make a game like that, it is Ubisoft. But I'm I'm curious to see what their game is like in comparison with what EA's games are like. And EA, again, since the first Battlefront came out, they've done a good job of like making the games better with each entry into the market. So I don't really know what to predict with EA, but I am looking forward to some of the stuff that they have alluded to. Marcus, any final thoughts before we hit the half-hour break? Along lines of the college football game, really looking forward to that one. There's some rules changes and laws changing over the next six months that might affect this video game. And if that happens, we might see some names and some real players in this video game. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for EA's return to college football and all the things that they announced. Again, their ownership now of Codemasters and their future Star Wars games, more on the way. But again, I agree with Josh. I like the fact that now more entities out there are able to make Star Wars games. And of course, everything that's going on with Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So we're looking forward to more good things from Electronic Arts. And hopefully they won't be making the same mistakes as they did in the past. What are your thoughts out there on EA's announcements this weekend to their investors? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. 
welcome back, Good Talk Radio Station, who's back up in business. We want to thank you so much for, again, carrying the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PC Multiverse. We truly appreciate you doing that, plus all the other great radio stations around the world that do so as well. But guys, on the back half of the show, I wanted to go ahead and ask you, episode five is this weekend. As you're hearing this, if you're listening to us on radio and or podcast outlets, episode five is coming up for WandaVision. Josh, are you caught up yet with WandaVision? I sure am. I, I caught the last episode. I want to say it was on Sunday nights. And it. so I'm an English teacher, and I, I chatted about this with some of my students, and they proposed a lot of interesting theories, all right? So they're talking about how this kind of made them rethink in-game a little bit and like what actually happened. I'm like, yeah, it kind of did for me too, right? Because you see the full moment when they're fighting Thanos and the portals open and it's almost like makes you cry to see all these heroes just burst through these and you see Spider-Man again and you just, you miss him and you feel it in your heart. And now we saw this episode of WandaVision, right? All these people like snapping their, their back, right? What do you do after like five years had passed? And, you know, it starts with Rambo asking like, Hey, what's happening with my mom? Well, your mom died five years ago. Spoiler. No, alert. three, 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 three. Yeah. Yeah. So now that had my students asking me, like, so what would happen if you were on an airplane in the, the air? The one that was spoke to the Russos. Yeah, and you snap. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, they I didn't never, answer that. They, they yeah, did they not. didn't answer that. They skirted around this question, but I had never thought about that. Like, I didn't think at all about what happened. Well, let me ask you this, people. What if, okay, somebody just goes ahead and succumbs to the snap five years ago in one of those hospital rooms and then comes back and the hospital bed is shifted maybe like five yards over to the right and they materialize in the bed as far as they were standing up. Right. Do they just, they, do they just die because they've been materialized as part of the bed mm -hmm. or whatnot? Or, you know, how does that work? Yeah. Or what if you were like using one of those portable bathrooms at like a concert, right? And do you just appear with your pants down? What if somebody like, rebuilt a building or a house and yeah, then now I, I think materialized in, in a wall, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say that there, there was maybe a little AI there that kept placing people you know just for you know some plot line armor there we got to do something here to make up for the deficiencies that was that story point right there yeah, yeah they, hopefully they'll, they'll expound on it more in, in upcoming yeah. series or films sometime down the road they'll fully explain it but episode four was really good marcus do you agree josh you agree i, th I oh. thought it was the best one by far of the series I think I, I was blowing you up on Sunday afternoon, Gerald, just telling you how much you I really enjoyed it. I was a little bit of hurt, you know, I had a couple of drinks on Saturday night and Sunday <laughs> I woke up with a little bit of a, a headache and we sat around and watched some WandaVision. I was in love with episode four so much so that I, I, I sent you a message right away. I was just like, dude, this is probably the best episode of Marvel TV I've ever seen. Getting to Josh, he had said that so far what has gone on in WandaVision had taken him out as a viewer of what's going on really? to you did episode four bring you back in yeah it did it it bended genres like it not it didn't just bend genres it's like they hit a light switch and all of a sudden boom you were in this and then you got something else right they, they did a good job of like in the first few episodes as we talked about being really campy bringing back like those vibes of those early sitcoms and that was what pulled me out right because i didn't know what the oh, purpose I love that. of this is. Uh, no, I loved it too, but like I just didn't understand what the purpose of this side story was. And then they slowly started like introducing things. You know, they showed the beekeeper and vision is starting to like become self-aware again, I, I guess, for if an AI can do that. 
but yeah, so now they're slowly explaining what's happening. And at the end of this episode, you realize that you see the rest of the conversation between Rambo and Wanda. And you realize that Wanda is completely aware of what she is doing. So now it makes me wonder, like, how are they going to stop this? Because, you know, like I said, this is supposed to be loosely based off of the House of M comic book, right? The, that series of comic books where Wanda alters reality. So now, like, seeing that she's fully aware and she's almost, like, malevolent in her wanting to keep this thing from falling apart. And that's what's really interesting to me. And now they they brought in Kat Dennings is her name, right? Yes. Uh, I yep. think that that was a great move because Darcy is probably one of the best MCU characters. But I am fully invested now. Like, now I really appreciate what's going on. That's all it took. All it took was seeing it from the vantage point of what's going on and you know, in many ways, as my daughter told me as well, that S.W.O.R.D. is seeing this from the same perspective that we are as viewers and asking many of those same questions. So I like the the tie-in for that. So it really is a good way to go ahead and continue this. On Monday's show, we'll be going ahead and delving more into this as far as Episode 5 and beyond. I'm hoping that we'll go ahead and get a lot of opinions on it, as we've been doing on our Monday shows of late. But before we go on out to our next subject, guys... One quick thing, who is responsible for it? At the very end of episode four, you know, obviously Monica Rambeau at the end, if you got a chance to see it, she said the words, it's all Wanda. I don't think it's all Wanda. If you think it's all Wanda, that's great, but I want to hear your thoughts. Who is the actual individual that's controlling this universe? Do you think it's Wanda? Do you think it's someone else? I'm going to think that the individual that started this in the first place was a villain called Nightmare. Ooh, that's a really good theory right there, Gerald. I'm with that, but at the same time, I'm thinking that Wanda might be really leading the charge here. I bet we might get that late season twist where we might get an introduction of a new character a la Nightmare, but I will stay for now on the Wanda is the controlling factor here. It seems like she really is driving things home. And Josh, what do you got for this one? Because I'm I, I really stuck on Wanda might be the driving force behind this one. I agree. I mean, like, like I said, like this seems to be loosely based on House of M. And if that's true, Wanda did this all on her own because she was heartbroken. And knowing what happened to Vision, her being heartbroken, it would not. And that especially seeing like, again, how uh, I don't want to say malevolent or violent, but like how much she was willing to do to keep this fantasy alive in the last episode. Just hearing that tone in her voice, it does sound like she's the one pulling the strings. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with WandaVision. You already know, most of you out there, because you probably already watched Episode 5 because it's been a big hit for Disney+. Plus. We'll follow up with a recap on Monday's show for Episode 5 of WandaVision. I'm not saying that she's not responsible for what's going on. I'm just saying that somebody or something led her down that dark path, and I think it was Nightmare. And like Marcus is saying, I think there's going to be the end of the season last season reveal maybe maybe mephisto maybe something else maybe nightmare who knows but we will be checking that out very soon and we'll be updating you right here at the pop culture cosmos but guys there's so much to talk about again still on today's show did you guys check out the fact that n64 goldeneye 007 one of the most popular games of all time for the nintendo 64 and one of the most much beloved well thought of games that's out there i mean don't play odd job use cheating on multiplayer but recently source code was discovered for the remaster of goldeneye 007 for the xbox 360 it's been tweaked it's been out there in fact 
the source code itself was not only just available for one streamer or available for very few. It's now out there in the wild for anyone to get, although there could possibly be some legal ramifications if you do try to grab it, pirating or stolen property issues, things of that nature. So whoever gets it, buyer beware. But I want to hear your thoughts, Josh and Marcus, on GoldenEye007. Basically what this has done, and people have already gone to run-throughs on it, this has shined a light on James Bond games once again, and of course what is considered the finest of them in GoldenEye007. Yeah, man, we were actually just talking about this at work. We were sitting in the hardware lab discussing this game and the announcement or the idea of the announcement, right? Like that you could go grab this game and, and grab the source code and play it on your PC. This is something that we were really excited about. A lot of us in the lab, you know, we're all about 30, 32, 35 years old. We played GoldenEye. We had a good time with that game and we just really enjoyed it. So the fact that it was out there made us all kind of talk about like, hey, can we find a way to play this on the gigantic TV in the lab that we test things on? So like we have an 85 inch Sony screen that it was like, can we just put it up there and play? You know, like that would be a great thing. I'm pretty excited about this, Gerald. I, I don't know about you. I appreciated your caveat mTOR there, the buyer beware, but I'm kind of sitting here thinking that, you know, if it's out there, it's available, it's free to download. I might go after it. I know there's some legal ramifications there. I'm not advocating it at all, but go ahead. Uh, but I'll go ahead and say that I'm probably going to look at downloading it and I might give you a firsthand review. Let's, let's just go with that. Don't get in trouble, my friend. Don't get in trouble. I won't. Yeah. Yeah. Buyer beware. Buyer beware. Buyer beware indeed. But Josh, any thoughts on GoldenEye 007? Again, the source code is out there for the remaster. That was already pretty much in a finished mode. But again, the issues were right issues as far as so many different companies having their hands on this from licensing, from Nintendo. You hear a lot of things from Nintendo not wanting a remaster put on the Xbox 360 to all sorts of companies and film rights and things of that nature. Your thoughts on GoldenEye 007 hitting the spotlight once again? I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. I for me, I don't think I would go ahead and like download the source code at all, just because the Nintendo 64 version is always so precious to me. I was bummed out about the Xbox 360 version not making it past the point of pre-production, but again, like the the Nintendo 64 one is like very sacred to me. And you know, speaking about the source code, I'm curious like how long it'll be until like we see mods of that pop up and things like gta or cyberpunk or something like that because people are always playing with stuff like that i'm sure it'll be sooner rather than later but it is an exciting time for goldeneye fans because they can go ahead and share with a new generation all the fun that we had playing the nintendo 64 version of goldeneye 007 what are your thoughts out there on goldeneye 007 the Almost, it looks like it's finished. It looks like a finished remaster that was all set by Rare to go ahead and release on the Xbox 360, but got pulled at the last second. The source code getting out there. What are your thoughts? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, I just want to go ahead and give Nancy Weems once again, thank you so much for listening as always and watching. I do want to go ahead and mention that her son that I've had a great time interviewing who owns Weems Motor Company. That's Weems Motor Company. You want to go ahead and check out, that's WeemsMotorCo.com. You want to go ahead and check that out. Before March 19th, they're doing a drawing for a David Mann replica motorcycle, full-fledged, big motorcycle. So if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, you should go ahead and check out WeemsMotorCo.com and be part of that drawing today. It ends March 19th 
and they've done a lot of great things with it. I think it's going to charity as far as the money is concerned. So if you're interested in a David Mann replica motorcycle, go ahead, be part of the drawing today at weemsmotorco.com. All right, when we come up after the break, we're going to finish out the show. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things, including the Golden Globes, OpenCom, and so much more. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show's PC Multiverse with my good friends Marcus De La Garza and Joshua Wall Street, Josh Peterson. Guys, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that the Golden Globes were announced as far as the nominations are concerned. If you got a chance to check it out, Marcus, and I want to ask you, is there anything that stood out in a good or bad way as far as snubs or surprises to you? For me, Bridgerton, you know, you and I have been talking about this for the last three weeks now, it feels like. Totally got snubbed, and it's weird because I feel like the Golden Globes rides that emotional high at times that is like a, a series that's really taken off when it comes to streaming. And I really expected Bridgerton to get anything, and it didn't get anything at all that might change as the award season goes on you know you've got a few more award shows that are later on you've got the smaller award shows that have kind of delayed at times so we'll see what happens but i kind of want to talk about ratchet on netflix i don't know if the either of you watched that but it was okay the second half of the season kind of just died out and i i'm kind of shocked that it, it got the nominations that it got i think it got a nom for best tv drama and I wasn't on board. I thought it was cool, but maybe not that cool. Other than that, when it came to movies, Defy Bloods, it looks like it kind of missed out. Other than that, I, I kind of just was kind of lost on the movies. I feel like this was a loss of a year for movies. We talked about it ad nauseum when it comes to pushing timelines and everything. Josh, I'm sure you talked about it ad nauseum on Mondays. Gerald, do you really want to go into the push timelines? No, 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 not... <laughs> I do want to point out Mank was a great movie and it did get a great nod. Cause that's one of the, I wanted to ask you, you've seen Mank and Mank is something that in the past couple of weeks has gotten a lot of momentum going with it because it earned a lot of critical awards. Ma Rainey's black bottom also as well as the five bloods. That's a Spike Lee's movie. But like you said, you were surprised that the five bloods didn't get much. I was surprised as well at James Corden's role in The Prom, which got such a controversial yeah. brushback and which a lot of people just thought wasn't good. Minari, a movie that I thought it was going to get a lot of love, unfortunately didn't get a lot of love. And a show that I really enjoyed and is on its last season, Superstore, it didn't get anything for television. So I was kind of bummed about that. Josh, anything that surprised you with the Golden Globe nominations one way or the other? like Lovecraft County, right? There's like some HBO shows on there. Yes. That it's, was really good. That was in my top 10. Yeah. So that's one I I still want to go back and watch. Cause like, I, I'm a huge fan of HP Lovecraft and like, that was a show that's been on my list for a while. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Another surprise for me was seeing Onward on the animated films. For me, it was okay. I mean, it had the tear jerky Pixar ending, but soul, I thought it really was hands down so much better. 
Yeah, so Soul was good, but I mean, Onward was something that like really called out to my childhood, and even as an adult, you know, that whole like D&D landscape of yeah. that movie. But I'm surprised that it made it just because not everyone appreciated it. It was not a movie that was made for it. It was okay. But it, you, you I, didn't walk away from it the same way you walked away from like Toy Story or something, right? So yeah. a lot of people like, eh, it's just okay for a movie. I think um, we did an episode that you and I like rated out all the Pixar movies. And yeah. in that realm, I just wouldn't put it at the higher echelon. I would put yeah. Soul in the top 10. I'm not sure if I would put Onward in the top 10 Pixar films. So. Yeah, Soul is more like emotional, whereas Onward was kind of like it was a journey. You know, it's kind yeah. of a, a coming of age story. And I guess that's something that Pixar is not quite there with. Right. That's Pixar does that movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep, both of them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marcus. Any thoughts? I was taking a look at something else, trying to see if I could find some numbers on one of these movies. I was trying to make a great argument. I just can't find the numbers for it to support it. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. No worries. But if you guys out there have any thoughts on the Golden Globes nominations, were there any that were oversights? Because there's to me, there was a few oversights. There also as well, were there any surprises? Because there were a few surprises, but if we want to hear your thoughts on that, if there were any snubs or surprises for the Golden Globe nominations, we want to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we head on out, guys, I do want to mention a couple things. First off, this is the Aftershock OpenCom headset I got a chance to play with, Bluetooth. It works uh, either for the PC, or if you've got one that is compatible with Bluetooth, or obviously for phones. Good sound. Very good sound. Only one problem. This is not adjustable. That mm. as far as the back end of the headset. So you got to have yourself a big head. And I know there's a big joke in there somewhere, but this doesn't <laughs> fit me. This goes all the way down and I'm actually using it like this. So it's, it's for me, maybe I've got a small head. Again, there's another joke in there for you guys. You can go ahead and come up with one if you want, but it doesn't have a great fit and it's not adjustable. But again, very good sound, and if you're okay with the fit, more power to you. But again, with a non-adjustable back, I cannot say I fully recommend it, but great sound on it. It's going to be an okay review for me, but I will give a full written review on our popculturecosmos.com site in the not-too-distant future. So, Gerald, I, I think you might have to ship me those so I can do a secondary review. I've got my first review that might be coming out in the next week or two with the Siberia 7.1s. I love the Aftershocks product line. I love okay. the bone sound conduction. is great. The yeah, I love the bone conduction. Great. Yeah, yeah. But and it's one of those things. Just not adjust. I know, and, you know, that's one of the things I've, I've learned to enjoy about the fact that the bone conduction headphones gives you that open world ability. It feels like you've got a soundtrack to your life. I really enjoyed all of Aftershock's products that I've had thus far. I haven't gotten a look at those. So I'm really excited to hear and see what you say about those. And maybe I get my hands on them to review them as well. I may have to do that for you. And, but again, you saw how it slips all the way down to the back of my neck. It it's does. They didn't have like an, a rubber or elastic band that was in the box or anything. Not that, that I see. And there's okay. no instructions on how to change or anything. I'll take a second look. And if I do, I'll go ahead and make sure it's on the written portion of our review on popculturegospels.com. But yeah. Right now, I'm not seeing much, what, my friend. What confuses me about this is in the early 2000s, they started making headphones that did that, and they weren't very popular back then. So is there like a, some kind of game changer came out and people like that style again? Or? I guess so, because that was you know, like in the press yeah. releases and things of that nature. My daughter said I look like a customer service agent, so I don't know. You tell me. But 
again, it's something that I think was pushed. Lighter is better. So that's why this was appealing to me to try out because of the fact it was so light. But unfortunately, if it's not a good fit, I can't wear it for very long. So again, I will share my thoughts on this on the Aftershocks OpenCom headset, again, on the popculturecosmos.com website right there for you. But before we head on out, guys, it is a Super Bowl this weekend. And I know us at Pop Culture Cosmos, we do love our football. In fact, again, if you check out the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, wherever you get your podcasts, you will hear my thoughts along with Dom and Chris Ardieri from Inside Sports Fantasy Football. You'll hear our thoughts on the big game, what to look for, maybe what you might want to put money on, things of that nature, and who will ultimately end up winning the game, our picks, our choices, our favorites, all that stuff. It's available now on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. But guys, before we head on out, and while I still play with this OpenCom headset, <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts, Marcus, and then you, Josh, on what advertisements you're looking forward to. Because I, I know they're already out there. I'm like, Josh, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. It's like you with a movie trailer sometimes. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Spoiler, spoilers. I'm not letting it spoil me now. So what are you looking forward to this weekend at the Super Bowl? Two big ones for me, the Coca-Cola advertisement as well as the Budweiser advertisement. You know, every well, year not, we get. I mean, I thought Budweiser and Coca-Cola were not advertising at this year's Super Bowl. Oh, they aren't? I totally missed that press release then. Budweiser uh, is giving it over for, I think, vaccine information, trying to go ahead and, and encourage people to vaccinate. That's their a very noble them. thing to do, though. Yes. I, I appreciate that out of Budweiser. And Coca-Cola you, and Pepsi yeah. just said, bye-bye. Didn't Budweiser do a dog commercial last year? Yes. But they always do a dog commercial. So dog why, and horse. Why dog not? Yeah, they, like, they always do the dog and the horse. Clydesdale. Yeah, the Clydesdale. Why yeah. not mix them together? Why not put the vaccine vial, like have the dog carrying it around and delivering it to people? <laughs> then you, or maybe injecting the Clydesdale. Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> 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 that's funny so I, I, I had no clue had that yeah i had no clue that budweiser had announced that they were not going to be doing their traditional uh ad revenue there for the I, super bowl i believe that is correct from what i i understand because well, they just like i said they wanted to go ahead and make uh, do i guess something good maybe are they i don't know because the audience is still going to be big for this game so especially as, with tom brady and all that in there and plus defend against the defending champions so as long as Nationwide doesn't pull their 2014-2015 fiasco where like they put the advertisement up of the child dying, like that's all that I'm wishing for here. You know, like that was a really big miss at that time. So as long as we have some decent Super Bowl commercials, I'm on board. We've got a great afternoon of activities planned. We've got some great snacks. I'm just willing to watch, Gerald. That's where I'm at right now. Josh, I wanted to ask you this. What are you looking forward to this weekend? And you remember both you guys, that there will be less movie ads. I didn't I didn't say none, but there will be considerably less than what you're used to comparatively to last year and the year before, simply because of the fact that it won't be on a big screen anytime soon. Right. I want to see the Doritos commercial for this year. Like I, I miss that contest that they used to have where someone actually got to make their own Doritos commercial for the Super Bowl. And they had some really good stuff in those competitions and the other commercial i'd like to see is a commercial where has jason momoa right he still doesn't have his muscles on he's he's kicking back and relaxing but guess what the rock walks in and he starts taking off his muscles also and then they sit there chatting like what if we tried each other's muscles on so they start putting each other's muscles on and 
it just ends with them high-fiving. That would be a cool commercial, right? Yep. There's the Uber Eats commercials that have been really kind of funny so far. You know, like the first one you saw with with Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart already. I'm, I I know that they're getting and delving more into that. I've heard Wayne's World will also be on one of the commercials as well. Pictures of that on the internet today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, those pictures were interesting, huh? Yeah. In fact, the video's already out. The These ads are all already out in the wild for the most part. There's only a very select few, especially if there's any movie ads. There's only usually a select few that are not out already because they like to get the advanced word and things of that nature. But I'm trying to avoid it because on Monday's show, I'm going to give a review of what the best and the worst ads are Hopefully, whoever I can get on Monday's show with me, because I know Josh is going to be detained. He will be uh, not on this Monday's show, but we and he will be sorely missed. But I'm looking forward to going ahead and recapping WandaVision Episode 5, recapping the best and worst Super Bowl ads. Looking forward to that. But guys, uh, I think if you we see a Black Widow ad, to me, that's going to tell me mm. that they're going to drop a day and date on Disney+. Plus. So that's what I was going to ask. Do you think we'll get any announcements about movies that we were waiting for in theaters dropping right to like HBO Max or Disney Plus? HBO Max might do a montage. Okay, because I know they just announced the release date for the Snyder Cut, so I'm fully expecting to see a trailer for the Snyder Cut at the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's we... rated R. That's rated R, just yeah. so you know, yeah. go ahead, by, by the way. But Looking yeah, at another you're... franchise, could we see another James Bond trailer, maybe, with oh. new content? But that's that's not till later this year, though. That's it's not, but I mean, could you start building hype with maybe a 15 or a 30-second teaser? Just a reminder. Hey, it's still coming out someday. Yeah. Something like we, that. Didn't we talk about that? Was it with you, Marcus? With you, Josh? I said that when Daniel Craig was promoting it, it was SNL season 45. And by the yeah, time... Me. He, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if he gets to promote it again, it'll be SNL season 47. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. Okay, COVID is going to put Daniel Craig in this role longer than he expected to be. Much longer, much longer indeed. But I am thinking that if we do see Black Widow, it's going to be an announcement of a day and date firm, not just the tentative May day deal. It could be in May. They might release in May, but... Again, there's going to be at some point in line where Marvel has to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, we got to release it because it sets up so many other things in the MCU. So hopefully we will see a Black Widow advertisement at the Super Bowl and will finally tell us that we will get it sooner rather than later. Well, guys, it's been a great episode. Like Marcus says, we all love doing the combined episodes with each other. But before we head on out, I know you guys got to have some thoughts on what you're doing, what you're up to. Josh, I'm not going to be able to talk to you for a little while, and I'm going to be really bummed about that. But guys, I want to hear your thoughts before we head on out. Haven't made this announcement yet, but we're actually going to be closing Topic Topicocalypse down and then maybe looking to start up something new here in the future. So we got probably about another like six episodes in the pipeline. Then the podcast will be coming to an end. So uh, anyone looking to catch up on that, they should do it while it's there. But I do want to bring up one more thing. Anyone notice how ironic it was that Tenet got nominated for Best Original Score on the Golden Globes? Yes. Yeah. I saw that. How did that happen? Like, they drown out the voices with the soundtrack. Like, you have to travel there, and you can't hear <laughs> you can't hear anything they're saying. Like, I turned up the volume, but it just made the background noises louder. We were just talking about that noise at, at work yesterday about how is is that the noise of the future? Is that what that is? That <laughs> <laughs> it must be. 
<laughs> it sounds like base and sandpaper. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh my gosh, Christopher Nolan. Sorry, I enjoyed Tenet, but I can't say I disagree with you guys on that. You know, this was a great episode this week. Josh, thank you for coming on for the crossover. Yes. And I always love these, so I'm looking forward to the next chance we get to do these. Shout out to Doc Dunlop and Ricky. You guys have been great this week. I'll see you guys you know, soon. We always truly appreciate you being part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson and Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the P.C. See Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.